Thank you for tuning in. This is a little Brit of everything where we talk about a little bit of everything. This episode of A Little Bit of Everything is sponsored by Rudolphus and Lisa Incorporated, a nonprofit organization devoted to providing STEM enrichment to black and brown kids in the Dallas area. Hey y'all, I'm Brittany Ingram, a big boss Brit who does not come in your size. This episode is especially curated as a two-part series for the new media writing course at the University of North Texas at Dallas. Hi and welcome back. This is part two of a two-part series of celebrating BIPOC, Femme Identifying Women, and... Afrofuturism, which essentially is just me shouting out my amazing friends and colleagues, as well as myself. First and foremost, I do want to apologize, just simply because my voice is probably unbearable and stuffy. I am sick. It is not COVID, although since the last time I recorded, there has been a new variant um, to release, which is Omicron. So, the last time we were together, I read scene zero, which is even before the opening scene, and Where Earth Meets Sky, which is essentially the recruitment video that's being used by Omnivessel to get people who are living on the ship in space to come back down to Earth to essentially forage for food and to see if the planet is now habitable. Um, And then in my script, in Engineering Dreams, it's um, like centuries prior to that, where the protagonist and my story engineer is actually going on an interview for an internship with OmniVessel. So with Engineer, that's in the near future and so we think about when we think about the future um just say like in the 1950s we would assume by now there would be flying cars and civilization would be much more advanced in reality that did not happen so when i wrote out my script i did intend for it to be very similar to present day um, in the sense that while she has been unschooled or homeschooled, there are still opportunities like for many other high school or college students to have internships. And there are these companies that are vetting and scouting for diversity still, right? So they still want participants who are women or femme identifying or queer. Um, They still want people of color to meet these quotas. In addition to that, my husband, Edwin, who's currently an engineer now, and the story is actually an engineer at OmniVessel. In hindsight, um, it doesn't seem like it's the bad guy, right? OmniVessel is creating these opportunities in STEM especially for people of color to come aboard. Um, There are obviously um, white people who work there who are the leaders, but 
we're still um, in the United States. Capitalism has not been completely eradicated, although there are communities of people who are pulling away from that. Um, People still have bills. People still have homes and mortgages and things like that. So we are looking at moving into um, affluence, specifically black affluence and opportunity. So it is very exciting for engineer to be able to have this opportunity with Omni Vessel. So as previously mentioned, Engineering Dreams is essentially a play on the blood memories. And as Engineer has just turned 16 today, she is experiencing these blood memories. So um, my screenplay actually opens inside of a dream that Engineer is having. But due to like trigger warnings and content warnings and things of that nature, I did not want that to um, be parts of the screenplay that I wanted to read and present um, via this podcast, um, especially because it does have implications of violence towards women and towards black women. And it is just very trauma porny. Um, there is a reason why I did that. There is um, an element that I play upon in a certain writer and director um, that's here in present day who actually in the next scene that I'm getting ready to read, I will make reference to who they do good work. But man, we are kind of tired of the black trauma porn. So, um, that's just, that's just why I'm choosing not to read that particular dream sequence. So, in the next scene, I will read about, um, a quick blood memory that Engineer experiences after fainting when trying to put on her crystal necklace. Engineer is standing in the middle of a crosswalk. A cyclist on a yellow bicycle approaches quickly. The black girl from Engineer's first dream appears. She quickly jumps over to her right. We see a crosswalk with people crossing in either direction parallel to the crosswalk the engineer is standing in. Cars drive through a stoplight. Several cars with LED lights beneath the body rev their engines. The black girl stands directly next to Engineer. She wears a short miniskirt, crop top, and is holding a cell phone. She has a small pink purse. The black girl waits for the stoplight to give pedestrians to ride away to cross. An androgynous person with short hair, wearing ripped jeans, sneakers, and a leather jacket calls out to her. Hey girl, hey. I'm coming, I'm coming. The black girl whispers to herself, you're fine. Go out, have a drink, have a good time, enjoy yourself. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. The light turns white. The black girl crosses the street. Engineer watches from her spot in the crosswalk. The black girl continues to whisper to herself, Just breathe, breathe, you're fine. Just breathe. She gives a large inhale. 
Her chest rises and falls. Her eyes looks upward briefly. She continues to cross the street. She hurries onto the sidewalk. You got this. You got this. A mixed group of young black people standing in a line. The black girl smiles at them as she passes. The black girl approaches another group. They're all non-black men of various adult ages. A random man whistles. One man with a bald haircut reaches out to touch her leg. Engineer quickly crosses the street to begin following the black girl. The black girl pulls down her skirt. She presses her fingernails into her hand to form a fist as she holds down her skirt. She begins to walk faster. Engineer follows at a small distance. The group of men are in Engineer's way as she tries to walk on the sidewalk in pursuit. Excuse me, Engineer speaks. The random man does a double take at Engineer. Was that a kid? Engineer breaks through the crowd. Both Engineer and the black girl proceed down the sidewalk. The black girl stops as she reaches the person wearing the leather jacket. Engineer stops near a street vendor and watches. The street vendor reaches out an item towards Engineer. She fans it away with her hand. The black girl and the person share an embrace. The black girl speaks. Nick's men are animals. You know you can say the N-word, right? You are black. I know I am, but they not. <laughs> the black girl points at them towards the group of men. They share a giggle. The black girl puts her cell phone in her purse. I just can't stand when good-looking men act like they ain't got no home training. The men laugh. One flips their middle finger up while grabbing his genitals over his jeans. The black girl and the person start to walk up the sidewalk towards the nightclub line. The bouncer stops at the front door. They stop at the corner of the entrance. Did one of them touch you? They tried. I told you, you need to start taking up for yourself. Use your voice. That's why God gave you a voice. He wants you to speak up. God wants you to speak up against the patriarchy and say no more. <laughs> the pair waved their hand in the air dramatically as if in a church service. The black girl goes to put her hand across her face. The person swats it away playfully. Oh my gosh, you are so embarrassing. You didn't know embarrassing was my birth name? They share another laugh. Cha, anyway, did you bring it with you? Yes, I did. Damn, will you ask nicely? Just give me the necklace or I can go home. We'll go home. The person crosses their arm across their chest. Don't tempt me with a good time. There's a Lena Waite series with my name on it. A woman walking by turns to look at the two. She's just kidding, ma'am. You can't be saying shit like that in public. The black girl laughs. I'm serious. I can be home, comfortable. Not out with weirdos. Sweetheart, you are the weirdo. The black girl uses her fingers to stretch out her mouth and make a funny face. You never go out. The black girl rolls her eyes and shakes her face. She waves her hand in the person's face. You haven't been out all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm out now. The person pulls out a gold necklace. 
It has a pink stone attached and a black rope. It is the same necklace from Engineers Present Day. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. Thank you, friend. Yeah, 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 whatever. Turn around so I can put it on you. The person twirls their forefinger in a circular motion. They move their hips in a similar circle. The black girl turns around. She lifts up her hair. The person reaches around and places the necklace onto the black girl's neck. As they clasp the necklace's lock, the necklace falls. End of flashback. Interior, engineer's room, day. Engineer now lays on the floor of her bedroom. The necklace is now around her neck. She touches the necklace. She places the crystal gem charm between her forefinger and thumb. She rubs it gently. She looks up at the ceiling. The ceiling fan spins. What the fuck? Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that excerpt. So let's just jump right in and get to chatting. So after I get everything copyright, um, I will likely be posting the full screenplay um, to my personal blog so that if you're interested in reading more or just kind of going in depth, um, that'll be there for you. But I just wanted to give some background in this episode on the characters that are being introduced um, with this scene. So you will hear the black girl or black girl referenced a lot. She is the girl who is constantly um, showing up in engineers' dreams. In the screenplay, just because of how a screenplay is supposed to be written, um, it comes up as flashback. But they are dream-like sequences. So this particular section of the script for me personally was a lot of fun to write. Because this one is set in modern day. But I left it very loose, um, loosely interpreted so that um, it could be um, adapted into, you know, a play or a series. So... There's not necessarily a set city, um, just know that it's a city center. Um, The type of black girl, I didn't really give her super particular um, description because I wanted it to be open. Um, I would prefer that it is played by an unambiguous black girl because a lot of times with casting, and things of that nature, you get mixed rays or light skin, and I just wanted that to be a presence that kind of doesn't stick so much. Um, so as far as her character and her role, she continuously shows up in Engineer's Dreams, literally from scene one, from the opening scene, 
she doesn't have any speaking roles, but she is present. And she is present throughout this screenplay. So what I had a lot of fun with in writing this was that she's having an interaction with a friend. So, okay, so let's let's just take it back to the beginning of the scene. So we get to the beginning of the scene, and she's getting ready to cross the street, and you see that she's probably more than likely dressed to go out. She's crossing these people, walking in line, so the scene is set up for her to probably be experiencing a night out. Um, you can infer that she is probably a person who deals with maybe anxiety or social anxiety because she is literally hyping herself up to be out and to enjoy night out. She's doing deep breath techniques. She's speaking positive affirmations to herself. So she is the kind of person who probably doesn't even want to be out, but she's coming out. She's coming to meet her friend who I identify as, as an ambiguous person. Um, or androgynous person, ambiguous is not the right word, um, but an androgynous person. Um, again, I did that intentionally for screenwriting purposes so that anyone could, not anyone could play that role, but that anyone could be placed in that role through inclusivity, right? So we're thinking about modern day and everything is not just one standard binary and so I also wanted my script to reflect reality in that way I wanted to show that not all but most relationships with black women um feel safe with other black women or other black non-binary people the interaction that she has when she passes the group of black people and they're mixed, you know, um, women, men, maybe some gender non-conforming people and they, they share the smile, right? It's kind of like that walking down the street, that head nod between two black men. It's like, we acknowledge you, we see you, you're good. And the moment she comes across a group of non-black men, so it's often, so you already have that testosterone and the hyper-masculinity. If you're getting ready to go out, there's probably alcohol involved with them being non-black, not specifying any particular race or ethnicity, just the fact that they are not um, black identifying. And they're immediately hostile and sexual to her and puts her in a very unsafe moment in just a split second and I think that speaks a lot to just society as a whole and and just kind of where we are right now also in this particular scene in this dreamscape I thought it was very fun to play with the idea of the seen and unseen because it leaves you wondering just to what extent Engineer and the Black girl are able or if they will be able or if they ever will interact with each other. So in this particular scene, right, you have them standing next to each other 
in the crosswalk. They're they're literally nearly shoulder to shoulder. But the black girl doesn't acknowledge Engineer. But Engineer knows that she's seeing her because she recognizes her from her first blood memory. So that could just be that the black girl is in her own world. Remember, she's trying to hype herself out for a night out. Um, or that she's just generally not aware of her surroundings, but that we see that that's not true because she does acknowledge the other groups of people that she crosses and interacts with. When they cross the street, you even see the man um, take a double take and kind of interact with engineer and say, was that a kid? Because she is seemingly out of place. Also, the street vendor is waving things in front of her um, to try to get her to buy things. Going back to the man, he's like, is that a kid? And he recognizes, but he's the only one who sees her um, in the group of friends. Same with the street vendor. So that goes back to another level of maybe even spirituality. Like, are these people particularly in tune to where they can see Engineer and they're the only ones who are able to see Engineer? Whereas the black girl and even her friend aren't noticing that this kid has been pursuing her even from a distance, even though they were standing next to each other. So it it just kind of brings forth that air of mystery to say what's really happening here and who's able to see who um, in this dreamscape. Is this just a dream? Is she time traveling? Yes, no. Um, Are these people interacting with each other? Are they all in a dream space? Um, what's really going on here? What's really happening? So that was really fun for me to write. I I know, <laughs> I know what the intentions are for that scene, but I think for a reader or a listener in this case, um, it's fun to kind of toy with and play on that a lot. Um, so I really really enjoyed writing that portion of the script as well. Uh, definitely top tier in my opinion and I'm not just saying that because I wrote it in my script there are several subtle and also non-subtle jabs of sorts at a writer and producer Lena Waithe there are various portions of my script where Lena Waithe and her works are mentioned. So even early on in in one of the excerpts that I did not read, um, there's a conversation that Engineer is having with her best friend in regards to watching Lena Waithe movies and where she even references the dream that she had that first night, her very first blood memory or blood dream as being very Lena Waithe-y and comparing that to black trauma porn. And so you have Engineer who's turning 16 and I got this inspiration actually from some of the young people in my life and seeing that, so it's currently 2021 and finding that they're very interested in past decades in their culture. So like early 2000s and 90s, um, the music, the movies, the celebrities. So I thought that it would be fitting to have Engineer be in the same manner to where she is very interested in, I probably wouldn't use the word obsessed, but very um, culture forward 
to what we're living through right now so early 2000s 2010s and 20s um so with her being a film both of of sorts herself she does watch a lot of like the Lena Waithe films such as like um Queen and Slim and watching The Shy and watching BT series The Twenties, uh, Master of None, things of that nature. So being familiar with the works of Lena Waithe, but also the criticisms of Lena Waithe. So if you ever watched um, Queen and Slim, you know that the ending is fucking terrible. Um, in the height of like the Black Lives Matter moment. You would hope that the outcome would be like the end of Set It Off, right? Where Stoney gets her money, everybody else is dead. She gets her money, she cuts her hair, she goes to Mexico, and all ends well. So for Lena Wave to end Queen and Slim and the tragedy that it is, it's like everyday life. It's like we're fucking living this already. Give us a happy ending of sorts. Them was a gazillion times worse um just in the manner of these black people were tormented literally tormented in their neighborhood and where they chose to live um the shy which is i guess would be an accurate representation of being a young adult or a teenager living in chicago but again you're giving us good times you're giving us very much like we already know that this is the shit that black people are going through. So in my script, I do um, mention Lena Waithe a lot in terms of trauma porn and exploitation of black pain because we need something else. We can create our own stories, right? So this script is literally me creating my own world my own um world building so why not and I'm not nearly as talented as someone um like Lena Waithe right I can recognize that I can say that um that's not to say that I can't ever be that successful but also just acknowledging where I am now um and also being a black person I can criticize Lena Waithe. It is what it is. I said what I said. Um, so, yeah. So, in my <laughs> in my screenplay, there are a lot of moments where there are laughs and giggles and fun making and jabs and pokes at Lena Waithe. Because there is so much more... Um, that can be done and even though Lena Waithe herself has said that being black is beautiful but it's also traumatizing we don't have to be fucking reminded of the trauma every 27 minutes of an episode every one hour and 35 minutes of a movie every you know 45 minutes of an Amazon Prime series we don't have to be constantly poked and prodded and reminded of the traumatic black experience when the black experience is not just a monolith right that is so much more than that well y'all it's been a fun ride but now it's time for me to go and upload this podcast episode 
so that I can get my final grade for this fall semester. Um, So again, I want to give thanks to Dr. T and the new media writing course at UNT Dallas. Uh, A very, very, very big thank you um, to the writers of Where Earth Meets the Sky, my very best friend, Vanessa Mercado-Taylor, Ariana Cook, and Erika Chilome. I want to give a thank you to Rudolphus and Lisa Incorporated for sponsoring both episodes, my husband Edwin Ingram, my kid Legacy Ingram for being so very quiet while I got these episodes recorded. Um, I would love, love, love to have you follow me on social media. So at the Brit of Dallas on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Remember that you can listen to a little bit of everything on both Anchor and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please feel free to share this and other episodes. So this has been a little bit of everything with Brittany Ingram. Peace.